Many parents hope that siblings born close together will become best friends and are often surprised when rivalry rears its head and siblings fight over perceived or very real favoritism within the family. Sibling resentment is not unusual but has not been studied to any great degree. Resentment can build from a feeling of having been wronged or offended in some way by their sibling and could be either real or imagined. When that resentment builds to a murderous rage, will the parents be torn supporting the victim or the murderer? This is the case of Azumi Muto and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone, we are back with the new episode of the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello, thank you for your continued support over on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you not only support our efforts, but also gain access to a wealth of extra perks, such as early access to episodes, bonus content, and even stickers. If you don't want to sign up to another platform, you can still support us via our host, Buzzsprout. Links in the show notes, or by leaving a review. Every little thing helps us keep the lights on. We are going to cover some sensitive subjects, including incest and porn this week, if you want to skip. We're also going to be covering a subject that's much more your ballywick, Cameron, than mine. Although I hope you know I don't know all the intricacies of the subcultures. I now know more far than I wanted to. Anime. We are back off to Japan. The usual language difficulties and vagaries of the Japanese legal system and the lack of reporting or transcripts. And I'm on a list again for the research. Let us start with the wealthy and well-respected family Muto, who lived in Shibuya Ward in the capital, Tokyo. There lived the parents and three children. One older boy we know nothing about, except he dutifully followed in the family's chosen profession, followed by another son, Yuki, who was trying to follow the same path, and a younger daughter, Izumi, who had no interest in traditions at all. A grandfather established a dental clinic in Shibuya in the 1950s with his son following in his footsteps, taking over the family business when his parent died. Their mother also came from a long line of dentists and joined the profession herself. The parents ran a couple of dental clinics and owned plenty of properties. They had done so well for themselves that they set up companies to manage the property rental businesses and probably, for tax reasons, put all three children nominally in charge of these companies as directors. I do not think there were any financial benefits to the children, which I'll get into later. The eldest had become a dentist, as his parents wanted, and that was fine. Yuki, the second son, was trying but he wasn't doing well in school, was very unlikely to graduate, even with additional cramming, having failed the dental school exams three times. This was a source of embarrassment to him, at least, and he built up a lot of resentment towards his younger sister, Azumi. Azumi was bright. She could have aced the dental school exams, but really had no interest in doing so. 
Her parents initially did seem to pressurise her and when she was 18, she moved out for about six months between December 2004 and May 2005. The reason I think there was no financial benefits from that directorship or they cut her off financially and that is why she moved back home. It does seem the parents backed down and she was allowed to explore her options for her future and enrolled back in school studying computer coding. It's respectable and well paid. Her parents probably thought the modelling and her interest in acting would wane as she got older. Yuki did not like that. Being almost 18 months older, he was being pushed to succeed academically and failing at every turn. Yet despite that, he had really lofty, if odd, ambitions. He wanted to be part of an environmental conservation effort by using his earnings as a dentist to buy a desert and plant grass to create an oasis. No idea if he had looked at how the water to sustain this oasis was going to materialise. I know Dubai is planning building a very long city and was a skyscraper on the side. But as Dubai, they got oil money and shit. Yeah. they got like shakes and things. I don't think a dentist from Japan, even though his family might be wealthy, can somehow just transmute an oasis into the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a desert. I just got all sorts of... And that ain't going to be in Japan. I got Aladdin vibes from that. Yeah. I can't help it. Yuki liked it even less when Azumi had some initial moderate success as what was described as a pin-up model. And then she decided to try her hand at acting. It's possibly the type of acting that bothered or maybe even excited Yuki. Azumi took the stage name of Kakeru Takamine and she was a supporting actor in the adaptation of Cream Lemon. Sounds perfectly innocuous and meant nothing to me. So I went looking and wished I hadn't. Cream Lemon was a hentai series that started in the 1980s. It's anime porn. The film she was in was given the age rating of 15. You would think it was suitable for teenagers. I can't comment on that because the film's storyline was incest. She was basically a voiceover on a porn film. Okay, she's 20 years old at this point. She can do what she wants. Also, though, you can separate the actual art from the art form itself. You're just doing the voiceover part of, I assume, the non-sex stuff. It's no different than if you're just a voiceover artist for, say, a Disney movie. What the character kind of gets up to is separate from you, much like if you play something. I'm going to use the extreme end, a Nazi, a voiceover. Doesn't mean you condone the Nazi part or even her condoning the actual anime porn part. Okay, I agree with what you said there. But in many... It's also probably far more common to be a hentai voiceover actress than it is to be just a generic voiceover actress for a normal anime. I don't know how many are produced and made in Japan, like uh, new ones. I do. <laughs> well, I guess that, yeah. We've yeah, done the research for it. But to get in when they've already these pre-established yeah. voiceover actresses or actors, it's probably easier to get into the porn one. And it probably pays well. I'm not going to um, reveal the thing that I read in every single newspaper article, every single report till the end. But anyway, Azumi finally made her stage debut as a nurse in a play on the 10th of December 2006. 
I wondered if that was an innocuous play or porn adjacent because there's nothing out there. Why would it be porn adjacent? What she did is porn adjacent in the being a voice actor for hentai. But that's it. She's just a voice actor. She's not even the. It's worse if you were the animator for the hentai. So I don't want to condemn her for her part in it. It's not that she did anything wrong. I think hentai is weird, personally. But if, that, if you're into that and you're into creating that to make money, then I don't care. I think it was just a way in to the business for her. But anyway. Azumi is known to have told friends a few weeks after that stage performance that there were family problems with Yuki and they were worried about his mental state. Azumi avoided talking to Yuki. He freaked her out. She couldn't tell what he was thinking, but the way he looked at her and sort of leered at her, well, he gave her the creeps. But no one said anything or took any action. And this is her brother that she's grown up with since childhood. Yeah. It's odd to have that kind of relationship. I understand siblings not liking each other or getting on, but to be creeped out? Yeah. That's pretty atypical. She knew he was off, I think. Christmas in Japan, as we all know, is about KFC. But on the 30th of December, Azumi's parents had gone to visit other relatives in Fukushima, almost 200 miles away. Being adults, no one had any worries about leaving Azumi and Yuki at home alone together. We only know what happened next from statements that Yuki later gave, but his account of what happened is brutal. And I'm not sure I believe most of it, because why would she talk to him? Around 3pm that afternoon on the 30th of December, according to Yuki, he and Azumi were talking about Yuki's exam failures. He got tired of talking about it, was stressed. And so his solution was to grab a short wooden sword, think the type that's used in kendo, and beat Azumi around the head with it. Okay, we don't all have these swords lying about. Maybe it was a family pastime or an ornament. We'll let him have that one. According to Yuki, although Azumi was injured and swollen around the head, she kept giving him grief, saying he had no dreams or purpose in life and only doing what their parents wanted. If she did say that, which is entirely possible, I would suggest that that was before he battered her. Victims do not typically goad their attackers unless you are Uma Thurman. Well... Yuki saw red at that latest jibe and grabbed a towel that was just there and began to strangle Azumi to shut her up. He knew from watching TV that typically strangulation that results in death takes 180 seconds and so hung on counting down to 180 only to find she was still breathing. Whatever TV show he had seen was clearly lacking in details. Unconsciousness can occur as quickly as 10 seconds, but death can take 300 seconds or five minutes. As he failed at killing her that way, he dragged her to the bathroom and put her in the bathtub and drowned her. Now, excuse me, but the details are missing. Was the tub already full? If not, how long would it take to fill it? Would not putting her in the tub revive her? He succeeds in killing her. So now 
what to do with the body. And this is where they always go wrong. He decides that he needs to dismember her. Okay, what is he going to do with the body parts? It's Japan, a very busy capital city. So, disposal will be difficult. I know, I'll cut her up into four parts. Remove her breasts and genitalia, so she's found, no one can tell if the body is male or female. What shall I do with the bits I have removed? I know, let's throw them down the kitchen waste disposal unit. Now let's put the body parts that are left in bin bags. And well, oh I'm tired and can't think what to do. So I'll just stuff her in my wardrobe for now. I have exams to study for after I clean up the blood and evidence of the fight. Which is exactly what he does. And gets ready to leave for a study boot camp type thing. Telling his parents by text that his fish in his tank in his room had died. And he doesn't have time to clean it out before he goes. So please don't go into his room when they get back from their trip. He will sort it out when he returns. 3rd of January, his parents return to the house along with a grandparent. They walk in to a smell unlike anything they had ever experienced. The whole house stunk to high heaven. Now, we have had fish die overnight in tanks. They decompose very fast, within hours. And if you still have the filters on, the whole tank becomes a nasty mess very quickly. Grandpa offers to go and deal with the mess his grandson has left and walks into Yuki's room and sees that his tank has his solitary shark fish still swimming about in it, none the worse for wear. But the smell was much worse in that room. He soon finds the bags in the wardrobe and once they're opened, the family quickly realises that this is the reason why Azumi has been radio silent for days and Yuki has to be involved. So fish will produce a different smell than another thing decomposing. Fish and aquatic creatures lack a certain protection or barrier or bacteria on their skin that prevents them from decaying because they live in the water. That's why fish go off so fast. So that would create a different smell to begin with. And especially if I'm being from Japan, where a large part of their diet is fish-based, people are going to recognise certain smells. That's not going to smell anything like they've ever smelled before. You said they opened the door and they got hit with it, and when something goes off, something goes off. It's easy to tell. I've written down, when you were talking about that, just fucking morbid psycho-thinking, <laughs> because there's nothing else you can say from that. Why did he even choose to kill his sister? I know he resented her for doing what she wanted to do, Oh, I'll get there. And he, I know you will, but I'm saying this now. But I can't get over the... I'm going to use the word disfigured thinking that he's got. He's killed his sister, disposed of parts of her, cut off her reproductive organs, etc. And then just kind of left them in his room and acted as if nothing's going to happen. There are no consequences to this. Oh, silly me. I've got exams to study, school to go to. I've got a test later. I know. He's disassociated from what's actually happened or from reality, as if nothing, no consequences are going to arrive from this. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's done it. He's cleared up in his mind. Everything is fine. No one's going to notice that his sister's missing. I know some people can enter a fugue state, but they literally don't remember the actions that they've just done. People can commit a murder in their house, go out, come back, 
and act surprised and stunned because they physically don't remember and then the police treat them as innocent because they aren't aware. Yeah. But that's not what he's done. He's fully aware and he's just fucked off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the police were called and they arrested Yuki as he was heading back home from this boot camp thing. There's no mention anywhere where this camp was. If it was in Tokyo, if it's outside the city, if they arrested him on the subway or what. Now, the press get a hold of the story. And Japanese press are no different to Western press. Make it up as they go along, apparently. Yuki was a cannibal due to the missing body parts. He was a necrophiliac. He had sexually assaulted Azumi and killed her in the act, etc., etc. Tokyo police denied all of this. But I do wonder... You see, Yuki's parting gift to himself before he leaves the house to go to this boot camp was a pair of Azumi's knickers, which are found on him when he is arrested. Also, that kitchen waste disposal. I assume that was taken apart and DNA confirmed that was what he did with the parts he removed. There is no mention of that anywhere. Yuki pleads guilty immediately and is charged with murder and desecration of a corpse and his trial begins almost 18 months later in May of 2008 in the Tokyo District Court. The prosecution said that the bad blood between Azumi and Yuki had slowly built until Yuki finally decided to kill his sister. He had told friends that he hated his sister not because she was mean to him, but she also had a bad attitude towards their parents as well. Their father told the court that whilst he knew that they didn't get along, he didn't think that it was that bad and perhaps he should have realised it was. Yuki's defence. Oh boy. Yuki was not mentally capable of taking responsibility for the crime. The psychiatrist who examined Yuki said that his mental state at the time he killed his sister was unstable and also added in that at the time of the murder he had a diminished capacity to such an extent it would have been extremely difficult to tell for right from wrong and whilst the mutilation of the body occurred when he was criminally insane and was therefore not capable of being held legally responsible for his actions. Wouldn't they need to prove that he wasn't of sound mind external to the event itself? Because otherwise you can use that excuse for anything. You'd have thought so. The reason why anyone's done anything that's bad is because they weren't of sound mind at the time. That's not really a defence because you can't really prove that. Whereas if you've got evidence of them doing it external, you can. You've got evidence of it. You've got repeat patterns of behaviours. I think, much like I said before, that the actions of someone afterwards kind of set a precedent for their thought process in the first place. He did this, then just went away, acted like something was normal. I think you just should just lock someone up for that anyway, because that thought process is so mangled that it, it says more about them than you realise. I absolutely agree with you. And we also know from previous cases that Japanese psychiatry is very, very different to Western psychiatry, how they interpret behaviours and such like. And that, again, may be a cultural thing because their culture is very, very different to ours. 
The prosecution wanted Yuki sentenced to 17 years. Just 17 years. Why only 17 years? I have no idea. Again, I couldn't find anything. The court acquitted Yuki of dismemberment and mutilation on the grounds of diminished responsibility, but guilty of murder only. And he is sentenced to seven years. That was not the only travesty in this case. I know his parents are incredibly wealthy because I checked it beforehand. And this is for today's money, though, so probably it's actually more money back then. A dentist is paid the equivalent of £175,000 a year. Wow. In Japan? In Japan. That's the, that's the kind of like equivalent transfer. It's like 12 million yen, something said, which is quite a lot. And if there's two of them in the household that do the same thing and their family of dentistry, etc., and it goes further back, they probably have a successful practice. So yeah. we can assume that they're pulling in at least 300k equivalent of pounds or dollars, 24 million yen on average, a lot of money. They could afford quite expensive defense. They do. And that is where the mon- they, l- they spent a lot of money on that. I'll get into that a bit later. But yeah, that's exactly... W- no, I won't get into that later. I'll get into it now. That's exactly what his parents did. They supported him. It was like a Zoomie didn't matter. They did everything. They paid for all his defence. They paid for everything. And it was... What's the thought process behind that? Do you think it's the, we've lost one child, we can't afford to lose a second one. He didn't do it. That's why they defended him so much. So you think they you think that they think he did do it. Yes. So why do you think they defended him so valiantly? You are right in what you said. A lot of it goes down to we've lost one, we can't lose another one. But a lot of it is misogyny. And a lot of it is, I believe, they really didn't like her life path. Because she chose to go down the voice actress route rather than go down the dentistry. So they kind of betrayed their ideals. Yeah. She had gone. I know we're projecting and assuming a lot here. Yes, we're we going are. off these like weird assumptions, presuppositions, etc. But I'm just trying to make sense as to why you defend your son that has killed your daughter. It's not even something like an accident, like he looked away and they drowned in a pool. Yeah, if it's a young child, or they were reversing the car and they donked into so the younger sibling and killed them, or an accident happened. Maybe they were like, messing about. Kids, some stuff happens. I wasn't say kids, but they're not kids. They're in no. their early twenties. Yes. It's not even it's an accident. And even then you could hold a grudge. You think, why did you do that? That was something that was easily avoidable. But this is a conscious decision. I know they've kind of removed that possibility because he was of um, diminished responsibility when it happened. But it was still a conscious decision to kill her because they didn't, they didn't get rid of that on the murder. Now, just because the judge sentenced that, that doesn't necessarily mean the parents believe that as well. They could think, oh, well, he's, he's batshit mental through the whole process. That's how we can defend him. But if that's the case, they knew that already. They knew that unless unless this confirms their belief in the in the the first place that yes he is actually a bit backwards. He had every opportunity not to carry this through. He beat her. He beat her with a kendo sword for God's sake. He had her black and blue. He could have walked away from that and taken his punishment, but then he decides to take the next step. I've gone this far. I'm going to take the next step. One thing as well that you'd mentioned is he'd strangled her with a towel. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you know the difference between a blood choke and an air choke. No, I do not. So depending on if it's a blood choke or an air choke, as in the, actually your, your like literal ability to breathe versus stopping the carotid artery inside of the, the neck, which is something like in jiu-jitsu, a rear naked choke, gu- guillotine, triangle choke, it stops the blood to your brain, so you pass out in about 10 seconds. But for actual cell death, that's about five minutes. Because there's still the residual oxygen in the blood in the first place. But air chokes are a bit different. That can take you a long time to get knocked out. So if he, if it's taken a long time to for her to pass out in the beginning, then it's an air choke. 
Otherwise, you are gone. Because when you get caught in one, you're blinking, and suddenly you're waking up, <laughs> swallowing your own tongue. It's that quick. It just happens out of nowhere. So it had to be an air choke for it to have lasted about three minutes. 180 seconds, you said? Yeah. So it's three minutes of him attempting to do it, which to me says it's an air choke. Which means that will affect how quickly like she passed out, which means she would have then had different amounts of time from when she did pass out to do mm. it. So again, some something's been lost in the reporting of this, hasn't it? The police also lost stuff. They lost the murder weapons, specifically knives that he used to dismember her and other bits and pieces. And I said, mother and father paid for the very best events. But they also said that Azumi was nasty to her brother, calling him names. Doesn't justify it, but go off, I guess. And that Yuki was quiet and gentle. And the inference was that she really was the black sheep of the family. In cases such as this, as we said, the parents are torn, but to victim blame was a bit uncomfortable. And one has to wonder if it ended differently and had Azumi killed her brother in self-defence, would her family have stood behind her in court? The case was referred in 2009 to the Tokyo High Court, basically because everyone felt that it was an unduly lenient sentence. And the High Court agreed and changed Yuki's sentence from seven years to 12, saying that the defence was wrong regarding diminished responsibility as he had managed to give police a chronological, organised and detailed account of the events. Do you think one of the reasons for the more than lenient sentencing is because usually it's the defence's family that pushes for certain stuff, but in this case it's the same the one and the same, the prosecution and the defence's family is the same. Obviously, the prosecution is then entirely the state and the defence is the family. They don't they don't have both sides. Now you've said that, that makes complete and utter sense and it could be. Because well if, that, if that was the case, then yeah. the, the, the victim's family would be like, hey, yo, that's not good enough. They can push it. They can push the publicity side. They can say, look what's happening. And then the judge is more likely to be more forceful with their sentencing. Yeah, you, you could very well Rather be right than, with like, it. I pit a full seven years to 12 years yeah. and probably let out in less with good behavior. I also searched this before just because randomly searching about stuff, uh, Japan. Life sentence is life sentence. Is yeah. it? Like that is life to life. Like you can't be Jesus and have 180 years and still be fine and come back. You can't die three times and come back and then you, then you let out. Like life is life forever. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He got the 12 years. And uh, again, going back to this diminished responsibility and the lack of thought... He was organised enough to dismember her in the bathroom after taking her clothes off. And bathrooms in Japan are like wet rooms and they're easily hosed down. So they leave little blood evidence. And the fact that he cleaned the rest of the crime scene, attempted to discard of and hide the body, made up a lie to explain the smell. All of which indicates that he understood what he did was morally wrong and that he would face consequences for his actions. You mentioned the small bathrooms. That largely depends on where they live. If they've got money, they probably don't live in one of these tightly penned-in apartments in Japan. No. They, they had a big house. They were very wealthy. But it was like a wet room. They had a bathtub. But it, I guess because it's a wet room, it probably was easier to clean because yes. it all drains down into the middle. Yeah, exactly. It's or almost like an abattoir type thing. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head there. Afterwards, one university psychology professor felt differently to how I did when talking about the relationship 
between Azumi and her brother Yuki. He goes on to say, the suspect, the brother, seems to have always had some sort of tunnel vision. All he saw happening in his life was growing up, becoming a dentist and taking over the clinic. He and his sister were extremely close in age and there is no way they could have not had some sort of sexual feeling going on between them. They are definitely the elements needed for incest in places there. Normally, these feelings are strongly suppressed, but it is the female who generally perceives them more than the male. And I think the girl must have realised that something was going on. Based on what? It sounds like you, that sounds like a weird to screenplay. Say, to say that was normal worried me. I've never heard... It's built in genetically to not be attracted to your siblings. I know it happens, but you're not supposed to. And he's just based that off kind of nothing, hasn't he? Oh, God. So sibling rivalry is common, like we said. Dislike is common. Resentment is common. Incest is not. It happens, yes, but it's not common. Happens more often than not with royalty. <laughs> no mention anywhere of any testing for semen on any part of the body parts or the underwear, which bothered me again. Now, Yuki knew the type of film that Azumi had acted in. Was he actually interested in incest? Maybe he was and hated himself and hated her for feeling that way, blaming her. We won't ever know. He is out now, living his life. 23 when he was sentenced in 2009, so we'll be about 37 now. No idea if he even would be allowed to become a dentist if he'd managed to pass his exams. The few pictures of him, they look like he's being taken between court hearings and boy does he look rough, like he hadn't slept in a month. Almost like an allergic reaction on the under eye area. It's very strange to see. We've also talked in the past how strict and rigid the Japanese prison system is. Cameron said life is life. I wonder if his parents, being so wealthy, were able to make his time pass more smoothly by paying for some privileges. I have no idea if that's even possible. I did try and look. One thing about that film that Azumi did, everywhere says it was incest, but one place that seemed to be a direct translation from the Japanese said that it was actually step-siblings. In the UK step-siblings, none blood-related, can marry, provided that they are aged 21 years or older. However, the younger member of the couple must not have, before turning 18, lived under the same roof as the older of the couple. Nor must the younger have been treated as a child of the older person's family. They've probably got a weird Romeo and Juliet law with that. You've heard of that phrase before? Yeah. That's the, if someone is uh, 16 and 17, that means when the 17-year-old then turns 18 that they're not a hebophile or a pedophile. That doesn't mean they have to break up for two years and then get back together. They can stay together because they knew each other before they became like a full adult. Probably the same thing with that is to prevent um, abuse from a much older sibling, i.e. 20, another one's 10, and then they wait another eight years for they've got all this power because they're a fully grown adult is to prevent that kind of thing, I assume. I still think it's weird. If you get married to your step-sibling, I still think you're weird. You've grown up with them. I don't care that they're not related to you. It's still weird. You might not have... No, the whole point is you might not... 
the child the younger one cannot have ever been treated as a child yeah but you still knew of them yeah maybe and what do you call your stepmom at that point yeah i guess weird it yeah, gets weird for yeah. me well i couldn't find out the rules in japan for step siblings but apparently sibling marriage has a long history in Japan, dating back to ancient times when it was common for brothers and sisters to marry each other in order to preserve family wealth and power. This practice was known as, this is going to be funny, Sokushinibit Butsu, or something like that, and continued until 1872 when it was abolished by the government. Since then, Sibling marriage has been illegal in Japan, but there have been several attempts over the years to overturn the law. And back to some grim statistics I found. The Japanese porn industry is estimated to be worth more than $20 billion. Japan produces twice as many X-rated movies as the United States. This equates to roughly over 5,000 titles a year or 14 pornographic films being released in Japan every single day. Japan actually ranks second in the world behind South Korea when it comes to how much money its citizens spend on adult entertainment. The Japanese penal code from the early 20th century has provisions against indecent material. So any lawful production of pornography must censor the genitals of actors and actresses. This type of censorship also extends to the graphics of hentai manga, video games and anime. Up until the middle 1990s, any depiction of pubic hair was also censored. Breasts and nipples were not censored. Pixelization is commonly used to follow the censorship guidelines without being too obvious. Animated films are often called hentai in English, but in Japan, the terms adult anime and erotic animation or ero anime are used. Possession of child pornography depicting real children has been illegal in Japan since June 2014. So before that, it was legal. There's probably some weird work around with that. I'm assuming you're talking in a specific hentai context. I don't know where I... Do. You could have... Uh, it, it's, it's a super common trope and it really winds me up. I'm a casual anime enjoyer. I like the typical stuff. Attack on Titan, Death Note, Full Metal Alchemist. But this trope that I mentioned is you'll have a 3,000-year-old fairy... That has happened to look like a nine-year-old, so they can yeah. they can create the art around it, and then they're just having like a bracket somewhere. All people depicted in this are over the age of eighteen because this child is three thousand years old. I'm like, no, it doesn't count. That's just child porn bait thing. Yeah. One UK government advisor is on record as saying that two thirds of all paedophilic images on the internet in the late 1990s may have originated in Japan. So what? Those figures are now, goodness knows, but the online searches for anime and manga porn apparently rocketed during lockdown. Not surprising, I guess, but it's still grim. Talking of prisons, some may be interested in an article that I've linked that although the prison system in Japan is hard to us in the West, 
Many old age pensioners commit minor crimes to get a roof over their head and three meals a day as is the only way to survive there. Petty theft is almost an automatic prison sentence of usually a year. Some OAPs will steal a bike and go to the local police station and say, hey, I stole this, and boom, they get a year's free board and get their pensions paid whilst inside and have some savings when they come out. Prisons out there are having to put handrails in and special toilets to cope with the OAPs, and I know it's becoming more common in other countries as well. In 2016 in Japan, they costed a model to build an industrial complex retirement village where people would forfeit half their pensions but get free food, free board and healthcare and so on. And they get to play karaoke or traditional games with the other residents and have a relative amount of freedom. It would cost way less than what the government is spending at the moment. At the time, the theft of a 200 yen, which was £1.40 sandwich, could lead to an 8.4 million yen or £58,000 tax bill to provide for a two-year sentence. These people don't need rehabilitation. They need taking care of. Most don't have families or no one that cares and the state isn't looking after them. They've got an ageing demographic with the young people not catching up with it, so they don't have the people to care or support them. There's not enough people to fill certain roles and jobs, so they're kind of left with nothing else to do. You're exactly right. Unless something happens to boost Japan's birth rate, its population will shrink by a third between now and 2060. And one reason for the lack of babies is the emergence of a new breed of Japanese men, the otaku, who love manga, anime and computers and sometimes show little interest in sex. These guys are in their 30s upwards and are known as moles. Basically, they're always in the dark. It's probably the new version of the shut-ins or hikamori that we talked about in the past. And that is the end of this week's episode. And finally, the victim who should not be forgotten, Azumi Muto, aged 20. So everyone, there is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. Email us at murdermemondaypodcast at gmail.com. If you liked it, please like, favorite, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really helps. Comment, algorithms, share it, all that good stuff. Patreon and the show notes below if you want to support us even more. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.